Many people today struggle to understand the concept of sin. We struggle to understand that we all fall short of God's glory. That the story of Adam and Eve is our story. Exactly. But all people understand the concept of brokenness. Everyone understands as they turn on their TVs or open their newspapers that the world is broken. Life today is simply not the way it was meant to be. Whether it be the war in Ukraine, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, or the large number of people struggling to afford just to live, these stories all lead us to ask the question, what on earth has gone wrong? And this is the way to think about Genesis 3. It should be read in a way that shows what has gone wrong, the potential that we've turned away from. It should be read in terms of brokenness. It should be read in terms of a paradise lost, for that indeed is what Eden means. It was paradise, a paradise that now the whole of humanity is separated from. And this theme of separation is how I'd like us to look at this passage. All human beings are searching for the key to solving the problems in the world today. And and they look everywhere for the answers. But all of this searching is unnecessary. Because here in Genesis 3, we see precisely what is wrong with the world. We have been separated from God. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see God's intention for human beings. He made us in his image, full of his own breath to be his representatives. He placed us in Eden, this garden of paradise made of fertile ground and packed full of potential with one role, to look after it and see that it flourished. But this flourishing of nature and humanity was for one end. God wanted to enjoy it with us. At the beginning of Genesis 3, we get this incredible picture of God. He's walking through the garden, looking for his people. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? So here is God walking in the same garden as Adam and Eve. It's a picture of joy and fellowship. It's the cool of the day and the Lord goes for a relaxed stroll amongst what he has created. And as he walks, he's longing to see the people that he's made. He wishes to clap eyes on Adam and Eve. He wishes to talk to them. So he calls out their name. Just let that sink in. God here is longing, yearning, hoping to be with his people. He wants to be with those that he loves. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to relate. God made us for relationship. He made us because he wants to walk with us. It's a breathtaking realization. But of course, here is the tragedy. Whereas God created the garden as a place for him to walk with his people. Whereas God longed to draw close 
humanity decided to turn away. Humanity didn't want to walk with God. They wanted to be God. And the eating of this fruit is a, is a powerful picture of this rejection, this turning away. Although God created a paradise, there was just one condition. He was God, and they were not. And this hierarchy was pictured with this one prohibition. They must not eat from the tree. But even in paradise, human beings couldn't live with that. Even in paradise, we wanted to displace God and have our own way. And Genesis 3 is blunt. Our hearts are rooted in self. And that selfishness is the root of sin. Eve was motivated by her own desires when she ate. Adam was there, and even worse, willing to go along with her. Selfishness, self-importance at the core of our hearts and the root of all problems. It's a simple truth, but a profound one. At the heart of all the world's problems is the problem of the human heart. We are selfish. And we want to be God. And of course, this sin of turning away from the one who longs to be with us has an inevitable result. Separation. Genesis 3 ends with Adam and Eve being banished from the garden. Banished from God's ongoing presence. And the seriousness is highlighted by the fact that there are cherubim and a flashing sword to make this terrible consequence permanent. Genesis 3 tells the story of how he became separated from God. And it's our story. It happened because of our selfish hearts. This is the root of all brokenness. But of course, that's only the overview of the passage. The chapter itself spells out the consequences of separation from God in all its forms. And there are three that I briefly want to point out. The first thing that we see in Genesis 3 is the consequence that sin has on ourselves. The simple truth is this. If we are separated from God, we simply cannot be who we're supposed to be. Adam and Eve were made in God's image. We thought about that last time. They had his breath inside of them. They were as he wanted them to be. They were fit for purpose, full of potential. What do we see as soon as they eat the fruit? We see that they were ashamed. Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You know, human beings were never meant to know shame. We were never meant to know fear. We were never meant to be self-conscious about the way that we look in a mirror. Indeed, we were never meant to become so psychologically damaged that we hide our wonderfully created bodies away from all but our closest relations. Sin has damaged us in a deep way. When we lost God, we lost ourselves. And it's a direct consequence of turning away from him. A direct consequence of our selfishness. And you don't have to look very far in the world today to see this in all its horror. 
the problems of self-image and low self-esteem, the eating disorders in our teenagers and young people, the cosmetic surgeries, the endless desire to look beautiful and cover over the cracks. You see, we've lost confidence in ourselves. We've lost the notion that God made us and is pleased with us. And instead, we're ashamed of ourselves, full of self-loathing, paralyzed by low morale. Being separated from God had led us to being separated from our very selves. We are deeply damaged people. But sadly, this is only the beginning because in turning away from God and his intentions for us, we've also completely lost how we're supposed to live with each other. In Genesis 1 and 2, we get a very clear message. Male and female are supposed to be perfectly equal and and perfectly complementary to each other. Human beings were designed to live in communion with God and communion with each other. But suddenly in Genesis 3, we see that this is broken now as well. Adam and Eve in communion after eating the fruit? No, they are not. As soon as God questions them, what do they do? They turn on each other. And suddenly you get this scene that would fit perfectly into Alan Sugar's boardroom on The Apprentice when one of the teams has lost the task. The knives come out and the blame finding begins. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree? And the man said, the woman. The woman that you put here. She gave me some fruit from the tree. And I ate it. very first thing that Adam does in response to God is to pass the buck and he blames Eve and this is the same Eve who only a few verses before in chapter 2 he was exclaiming over with delight as he saw her this is the same Eve that was made from his rib the rib that is close to his heart and under his arm so that he might love and cherish and protect her What happens? Now that he has turned from God, and now that he knows what shame is, he's prepared to attack even her. You see, once we've turned away from God, it's very easy to turn away from those other people who he's made in his image. And this is seen so readily in today's world, isn't it? We know shame. So we fear other people, so we love to blame other people. It must be somebody else's fault for the things that go wrong. We live in a blame culture. You only have to listen to a session of Prime Minister's questions to hear that. Or pick up a newspaper after a fallout of a a bad sporting performance and you will see it. Blame, blame, blame. And of course, blame leads to animosity and animosity leads to argument. And argument leads to war. The breakdown of our communion with God has led us to a loss of communion with our fellow human beings to such an extent we have become violent towards those we're supposed to love. And in the Bible, we see that in the very next chapter. In chapter 3, they eat the forbidden fruit. In chapter 4, Cain murders his own brother. Our societies are absolutely broken 
And it all stems from us turning away from God. So separation from God has led us to be separated from ourselves and separated from each other. But there's one final rupture still to be seen. We have been separated from creation. In Genesis 2, we find that human beings were made from the ground. They were made from the ground in order that they could look after the ground. Indeed, the whole of the beginning of Genesis carries this same point. Human beings were made to look after creation, to work the land, to see that it flourished. And as creation flourished, it produced the resources for more human beings. More human beings enabled more creation to flourish. Things were supposed to go on getting better and better and better. But in Genesis 3, everything changes. It's not now that suddenly human beings have to work. We were always made to work. It's now that that work of looking after God's world, which was once so good, is now absolute toil. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground from which you were taken. And women too are struggling to do the thing that they were created to do, to give birth. I will make your pains in childbearing very severe with painful labour. You will give birth to children. It's a terrible scene. Humanity that were made to be at one with nature. This special relationship where nature and humanity benefit each other are now at war with each other. We're hacking the ground, toiling the soil, laboring to reproduce. And again, this can be seen so easily in our world today. The mothers who who long to give birth but can't. The droughts and the famines. The spreading climate change caused by our selfishness and overuse of the world's resources. Even the natural disasters find their roots here. All of these are signs that our relationship with the created world has been ruptured. It's not the way it was designed to be. And why is that? We come back to that first problem. Because we've been separated from the creator. Our hearts have turned away. So I hope we can now see that Genesis 3 is a parable of absolute wisdom. All the problems that we find in our 21st century world can be rooted here. Everything from the anorexic teenager to the world wars to the natural disasters, it finds its origin here. All of these consequences come from one problem. Separation from God. All of the pain in the world, all that pain we feel in our lives as we suffer and when we watch the news on the television, it's like a big arrow pointing to the fact that things are broken. This is not the way it was supposed to be. At the heart of all these problems is the problem of the human heart. We are selfish. And we've turned away from God. 
And if Genesis 3 does anything, it shows us just how deeply sin affects every area of our lives. Just how damaged we are. Just how much of paradise has been lost. And just how deeply we should regret it. God doesn't want the pain and suffering that we see in our world. It makes him weep. It was never what he intended. We have to sit up and recognize what we have done. But before we leave, one more thing must be said. Because in truth, if this could not be said, we might as well go home and not come back. And the truth is this. That even in Genesis 3, there are signs of hope. Genesis 3 tells of the woman being named for the first time. Her name is Eve. And Eve in Hebrew means living. It was from Eve that new life and new hope would come. And then in verse 21 we get another sign of hope. We see the first glimmers of God's grace. Because even after declaring all the consequences to their actions... It's God who makes the first proper clothes to clothe Adam and Eve's shame. Even here, while the pain of rejection is still raw, God looks at his people and feels compassion for them. And when you put those two things together, the new life that would come through Eve and the unbounding, undeserved grace of God, you get a great pointing arrow to what is still to come. For Genesis 3 is not the end. It's only the beginning. From now on, God will act to restore his broken world. Can I just finish by saying that in Jesus, Eve's greatest child, we find the exact reversal of everything we've just thought about. Jesus didn't come to separate He came to reconcile. In fact, he decided to share in the separation of humanity in order to save us from it. We said that Genesis 3 is the story of paradise lost. Well, if something is lost, you have to go to the place where you lost it in order to find it. And then when you found it, you pick it up and you bring it home. That's what Jesus did when he came to earth. In Jesus, we see that even when we had turned away from God, he had not turned away from us. In Jesus, we see God making all things new by reconciling us back to himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
I hope we can see just how perfectly the story of the gospel counters all of the effects of Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, we find separation from God. In Jesus, we find God coming to be with us so that we could be with him forevermore. In Genesis 3, we find separation from ourselves. In Jesus, we see the full purpose and potential of human beings and the man who takes away our shame. In Genesis 3, we see separation from each other. In Jesus, we see someone who loved all people, no matter who they were, and taught us to do the same. And when he died, he tore down all the barriers that keep us apart. And in Genesis 3, we see separation from creation. In Jesus, we see the one who had a relationship with nature once more. In his miracles, he multiplied bread, he stilled the storm, and in his resurrection, he established the promise that one day, heaven and earth would come together and creation would be perfected as God always intended it to be. Genesis 3 clearly shows us the problem. And the problem began in our hearts when we turned away. If we want salvation... We turn those hearts back to Jesus and hold on to him. The beginning points towards the end. And the end of sin is Jesus. Amen to that.